how's it going? Uh, hi, Kelly. It's going all right. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, happy it's the weekend and uh, looking forward to actually getting on the ice next week. That's true. We may get to throw some rocks. Yeah, I mean, it's no game, but uh, practice is better than nothing, right? I guess so. Um, but hey, listen, uh, we, we got to talk about something. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening, Rob? You seem very uh, down and uh, sad. So this is not easy for me. Um, we've known each other for a long time. We've been teammates for a long time. We've been podcasting teammates for two podcasts so far, but I've been going through the analytics and I really feel that if we made a little change that maybe we could reach a wider audience of, you know, going from maybe five listeners to about seven. So this isn't easy, but I... Are you, are you, are you leaving the ladder team? Are you breaking up with us? Not the ladder team, but the podcast team. <gasps> I oh, feel like no. we could get more listeners if I made a slight change. You know, I I I really respect you as a podcasting teammate, but I need to continue my relentless pursuit of podcasting excellence. And so this is not easy, but I think we should podcast with other people. Well, Rob, if that's how you feel, um, I feel like we should go in different directions um, and do what's best for this podcasting team and then for your future podcasting goals. That's it. I hope we can still stay uh, podcasting friends. Of course. But <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The hell with you. I mean, that's pretty much how all curling breakups go, you know, but. <laughs> that's right. We have good acting skills in addition to podcasting. That's true. I think, well, uh, I feel with every episode or podcasting, podcasting's casting skills are getting better i think now we just got to work on the the acting part of it yeah we've got a ways to go before uh they start handing out out acting awards but if you haven't figured it out i guess uh today's uh subject is going to be the numerous team breakups and rearrangements that we saw during the covid shutdown that's true it was quite uh, the news cycle in march it was like every day there was a new big team change announcement and uh, yeah we're going to talk about it today we kept a group chat, I remember, as well, of uh, us and a couple of other curlers going over all these team changes. And I actually went back on it, and they all happened over about the space of a week. Well, I guess because the season got cut short, so these announcements would have been made over the summer. Summer started early this year in curling. <laughs> exactly. And also, I mean, it's not totally unexpected either, because this is the last year before the Olympic trials. So all the teams are making all the necessary changes to make sure they have like the best team going into the trials, which are next November, actually, this almost this time next year. Mm -hmm. I hope so. Anyway, I hope so, too. Well, yeah, I mean, we have to pick a send a team to the Olympics. I don't know how COVID's going to affect that. It's true. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, yeah I actually did. Uh, I looked up what um, like who's currently qualified and there's two men's teams and two women's teams, but the other qualifications are meant to happen over the course of this year. So the Canada Cup, which was meant to play, be played next month, which is canceled. So that's a free spot. And then the Scotties and Briar winners too will get a spot. And I think a lot of those teams or the teams that we always see on TV have all been on the ice and they are still getting in their tournaments from what I see. So they can probably just rearrange the structure to 
have the trials teams, but maybe they'll just go by like WCT points and just pick the top, or uh, maybe they'll do uh, Briar Scotty's 2.0 and have every uh, province send their best candidate. Um, but I don't know, like, because the problem with that is, you know, the provinces like Alberta or like Manitoba that might have more than one strong team, you know, those two teams would go to the trials, whereas through the standard nationals format, only one of them can make it. Yeah, I think they just got to award the top, top spots. I think so. It was going to probably play out like that anyway. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's always the same teams. And then a couple wild cards that come through the, uh, like the pre-qualifier event. Do you want to start talking about some of the notable changes that happened? <laughs> sure. Um, hey, maybe we should back this. We should do it maybe chronologically. If actually, no, that's not going to work. It's we just have a list. I don't know what order they're in. Yeah, I don't remember what uh, order they came out in. Because can we back way up, like back up ten years even to do like the most famous team change of all? I think. Uh, sure, if you if you can lead that, go for it. Yeah. So my memory doesn't go back that far. Oh no, this you'll remember this. The, I think okay. the most famous one is the Jennifer Jones firing Kathy Overton Clapham. Oh yes, I re- I remember this one. This was I probably one of the first like major team breakups too, right? And this was post Jones's like first Scotty's win. Like like she just got onto the map here. I think so. No, she had been on the map a little bit. Like she had won a couple of Tournament of Hearts and she had just lost at the Worlds, I think is when it happened. And they had lost in the, it was right after the Vancouver Olympics where they weren't really close to qualifying for. So they played out their Tournament of Hearts, which they won. And uh, then they didn't do so well at Worlds. And then that was it. Oh, that's true. And okay, correct me if I'm wrong, because I may be wrong here. But Kathy O then went to form her another team in Manitoba and beat out Jones for the Scotty spot. Was that it? It wasn't that, no, because Jones was Team Canada. So she was there. She came out of Manitoba, but then she beat Jones. She in did. That Scotty, in that Scotty's games. And it was the game uh, that everyone was talking about because they were like, oh, this is the first time we see on the national stage or, or at least on TV the two you know, Skip and former Vice go head to head. And it was really, I Overton won that one. And it was really like a whole moment. Like the team was crying and everything. That was something special. I remember actually um, back in March when there was no sports at all, TSN and all the sports channels started showing old sporting events and they showed old curling and they actually rebroadcast that game. I, I PVR'd it, but it was really interesting. And it was my favorite part is they interview Kathy Overton after the game the whole audience is going crazy they wanted to see her win so badly and she was just you could tell she was happy but she kept it together she kept it collected and then they interviewed Jennifer Jones and she's just saying well I'm really happy for Kathy she's such a good friend but I was thinking nah you're angry you're really angry as curling players like you're meant to keep a professional face and you know it's all about good sportsmanship so it really wouldn't be good for her to start bashing the other team or like her own team like you really have to be like even if you don't think it you have to say oh you know they played really well and they're you know they deserve the win blah 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 even though you know you're just like fuming inside that's right fortunately we don't have to do that 
we're letting our opinions be known. That's true. But, you know, unlike our beautiful skit there at the beginning, um, not all team breakups go down so smoothly. Um, you know, that's right. That one, by the way, was harsh. Um, it was, and it came, they, she was, or Kathy O was blindsided in a way. Right? Absolutely. And I think it, like now it's interesting to look at because it was 10 years ago and history will show Jennifer Jones stayed very relevant for the next 10 years, but so did Kathy, I think. Yeah, she stayed around and she, um, she picked up a couple young girls from Manitoba as well, coming up from juniors and they had a good run too. That's it. She got to within one game of the uh, last Olympics, so... That's like uh, an accomplishment in itself. Yeah. So I guess to summarize, just would they have won with Kathy in the last 10 years? I'm going to say yes. I don't think, I think uh, so too. Yeah. no disrespect to Caitlin Laws. She's a hell of a shot maker, but I think they would have been just as good with Kathy. But I think too, one reason, like it was a smart move on Jones's part too, because, you know, they acquired Caitlin Laws right after she aged out and she would have formed another team and right. she would have been their main competition. Eliminate I mean, the competition. Exactly. So bring her on. And she's a great third. You know, like Jones definitely has the experience and Kate, uh, Caitlin brings in this fresh new blood onto the team. You know, she was able to dominate the province for the next few years until another wave of girls kind of come up, which they have, which... You know, I feel um, Jones definitely has had her her run and probably not as as sharp as she was 10 years ago, but that's the name of the game. Yeah, so that's the like the first really big team breakup that I think of. It got a lot of notoriety and this is something that we're not particularly, I would say, experts at because our teams never really went through any. This podcast breakup is the first real team breakup that I've been a part of. I've had some team breakups. Okay, but let me qualify that. Like we've changed teams around, but it's there's a difference between like um, this person is aging out or this person has other things going on versus I think I might make 1% more shots if I replaced you with somebody else. Oh, no, we had that. Oh. We pulled a, a Jennifer Jones a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I'll just say I was on a team and we had two like significant player changes and it was uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> But you had to do what you had to do. Similar to the Jones thing, I think the next biggest team on the women's curling circuit these days kind of pulled a Jones and did the same thing back in March. It was really surprising. I like I did not see that coming whatsoever. And of course, we're talking about our friend Adam joining a team out of New Brunswick. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Former member, this guy's uh he's becoming Mr. Worldwide, you know, playing for so many provinces, so many countries. That's right. No, of Jokes course aside, not. <laughs> Jokes aside, uh yeah, I'm actually talking about the Holman team and how they replaced Lisa Weagle with Sarah Wilkes. Yes, so uh I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts on uh this team change? I definitely think this change was a result of an internal like team dynamic issue that I can't comment on because I have no idea what it is but you know Lisa Beagle is probably the one of the best leads on the women's circuit right now um and they've played together for so long they've been so successful as a team um yeah maybe last year wasn't 
their best like performance and that happens too you know like you go you can't be riding the high the whole time so I think there's there must have been some sort of you know team dynamic some sort of internal issue all all teams have these you know internal issues that you don't talk about or that other people don't know that's the only justification I can come up with because she's like she's an amazing lead it's true she is a shot named after her well, yeah, the Lisa Weagle tick. Exactly. She made that shot famous, you know, especially now with the five rock rule. Um, and not to say that her replacement, uh, Wilkes, is not a good player. Like, she's definitely, you know, very good and, you know, she's a strong sweeper. But with her now coming into second and Joanne Courtney going down to lead, you know, is it actually going to improve their game? It's true. And I don't want to comment I don't want to comment either on what goes on behind closed doors because what do I know about what goes on? <laughs> we literally have no idea what's going on. Of course not. <laughs> if anyone does though, feel free to hit us up and yes. give us the the details. <laughs> yes. So, um I get it wouldn't be fair to speculate. However, that's what our job is. We are going to speculate. <laughs> no, but um the the thing that I keep thinking of is that Maybe there was some kind of team dynamic issue, but what issue is so severe that you have to make this kind of earth-shattering change? I mean, I doubt this would be it, but one of the you know major issues it would be like if someone on the team isn't as committed as everyone else, because in order to reach your goals, like all four people have to be able to you know or want to uh, put in the same amount of like work and time and commitment this was another blindsiding yeah that came really out of left field I don't think anybody expected it also remember uh, a couple years ago Holman had a uh, not amazing performance at the Olympics like they didn't perform as um you know everyone expected or probably even how they uh, expected them to play and I think it's not like all their fault there's a whole other this is a whole that's other a whole other episode <laughs> that's a whole other episode um you know definitely there were a lot of parts that like played into that performance um but that followed by maybe a couple rough runs throughout the seasons you know got them thinking and talking um one of one of the things that i kept seeing in these articles talking about it was that uh wilkes kind of comes in as a stronger sweeper than Lisa Weagle. Um, that's probably true, although like not that Weagle is a horrible sweeper. She's definitely... You've already got Joanne Courtney. You don't need another sweeper. Exactly. I mean, these days now they're all about, oh, oh one sweeper on the rock, one sweeper on the rock. That's right. And you might have to... And we have to play by that rule officially with just one. In my personal opinion, I feel that Lisa's shot making skills as a lead kind of outweigh her maybe less strong sweeping like the her shot making uh, makes up for it I suppose I've just never liked team breakups over things that are arbitrary either arbitrary or that uh we don't understand well maybe it's not arbitrary we we don't know maybe it's not it's <laughs> there could be something going on it's just it's uh I sit here on the outside looking at it thinking yeah, Sarah Wilkes is great but is it really worth shattering a friendship and history over whatever could you not have patched it up that's true my hypothetical question 
Yeah, and now, well, now Le- uh, Lisa Weagle is gone to play with Jennifer Jones. So Jones right, is and that's a whole other topic. As an alternate. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how that's going to happen. Jones already has her her foursome. And then Lisa Weagle's too good to become an to just be an alternate. Like you want to play her, right? Me too. And with the sport going essentially from a four-person sport to a three-person sport, well, does it really yeah. make sense to have a fifth player anymore? That's true. Well, also uh, from Lisa's perspective, like she can go on any team she wants pretty much. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people in Ontario that were would be happy to you know get her on their team. I'm sure there were some discussions with the Jones team on how they were going to work with having the alternate. And uh, and this year is probably great, you know, given the COVID situation. If one man goes down, it's okay. You still got four a four man team. That's right. And just another thought on the uh, that I don't think we've covered for the Homan switch up is that with Sarah Wilkes coming in, Joanne Courtney is going to move down to lead. And I was reminded of this because um, I our thoughts are obviously very important. But they also interviewed Colleen Jones on this. She let her opinion be known, and she was not happy. Oh, I remember this. Yes. And I'm reading her quote here. I'm not saying that you can go from second to a lead. I think lead is such a practice skill. Don McEwen, she's never played another position. Well, maybe in juniors. The great leads are just genius at it. They go off and throw 92% with ticks. Yeah, well, Colleen knows what she's talking about more than I do, first of all. Colleen Jones is a reputable source. Like, she's been around. She's, you know, had her team issues in the past. Uh, so she definitely uh, is an expert. And I think that's also a very important question to ask is we know Sarah Wilkes is good. We know Lisa Weagle is good. We know Joanne Courtney is good. But Joanne Courtney throwing lead? Uh, I don't know. Either that there's some adjustment or wasted potential or... And Joanne, because before she joined the Holman team, Joanne played with... Um, what's Val her Sweden. name? Val, Val Sweden. Sweden, Alberta. And she was a second there as well, right? I think she was third even. Was she? I think so. They moved around a little bit. Oh, that's true. I think she, yeah, she was, she was third, but she wasn't vice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you Looking go. To our first episode for rants about that. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to know what we're talking about. Yeah, so it'll be uh, interesting to see how that plays out. And let's say there is a Scotty's tournament this year. And that moment that Jones and Holman are going to be head to head, you know, that they're going to talk about it. It's going to be the same. It's going to have the same attention as that Jones versus Kathy O game. They'll play it up big ago. time. Oh, for sure. And I hope they do, you know, because one thing that Curleen's missing is a little drama. That's it. We're doing our job to provide as much drama as we can here. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to another team. Uh, I think this one, uh, I was a little surprised. It's more like an OG team, like a lot of uh, OG players coming together and trying to do another run at uh, at the Olympics and and uh, nationals. And that's Marianne Arsenault joining Kelly that's Scott's right. old team with uh, Gina Schrader back at third. She's been off the map for quite a few years. As an old-time fan, I'm really excited to see this team. And Schrader, she was like... One of the best thirds of she of was. Her time. She was yeah, I think the best. Her time third. is not that her time is over, but you know, back in the day. But a good 10, 15 years ago, like name a better third than Gina Schrader. 
So I hope that she, you know, she comes back in full force again. That's it. And we, there's probably not as much drama to talk about as there was with the Holman team for this uh, team change. But we do have to say, according to what I was led to believe, I remember them making comments about how Marianne was going to retire after last year's Tournament of Hearts. She was moving to BC and she was, that was going to be it. And uh, here she is again. Maybe she's pulling a... A Russ, uh, not a Russ Howard, a Glenn Howard, because you know, um, Howard and Hart, like they, or at least Hart, he retired, and then two years later he came back. He was just like, actually, I still miss playing, and he played for another year again. For sure. Oh, quick aside here. Um, uh, during the shutdown, a lot of uh, the curling Canada, and there's other, believe it or not, believe it or not, there's other curling podcasts out there are putting up oh, don't footage. Say that. I know. I'm not going to give them their. Uh, <laughs> But they're putting out old games on YouTube to watch from anywhere from 15 to 20 to 30 years ago. Some of them are interesting to look back on. And one of them I browsed through over the summer when I was bored in quarantine was um, they showed Randy Furby winning the first of his four Briars in a row. In was this like 1996? <laughs> it was 2001, which I only remember by year because I remember being there. It was in Ottawa. And um, the comment that they make is the commentator is like well randy furby is really hoping to win this briar because this will be his last appearance he's planning to retire and then 10 years later he was still around and playing with brad gushu even which is a whole other breakup we have to get into well you know who uh, also goes into retirement and comes back is john morris that's it that's another team change he, well he's been around the block or like around the country um, but you know, he, uh, became famous for lack of a better word, uh, on Kevin Martin's team. And then that he left that team after, uh, they won their Olympic title, um, went to play what for BC, retired, came back, decided to just play mixed doubles. So he's only been playing doubles for the past two years, I think. And now he's back on Kevin Cooey's team. That's right. At the expense of Colton Flash. Yeah, who is now skipping his own team in Saskatchewan, apparently. Mm-hmm. Or Mount- no, I think he's, in- yeah, he's from Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Yeah. That was another. That was another change that I wasn't expecting. I mean, not that Colton Flash was replaced, but the fact that John Morris decided to play with Kevin Cooey and uh, Ben Hebert as lead, because Ben and John played together on Martin's team mm-hmm. a few years back. So now they're back. And I think he's playing, uh, is he playing second or third? He is playing second. I think BJ Newfeld is still the third. Oh yeah, of course. BJ is not a second. Sorry, BJ. <laughs> but he's a great third. <laughs> yeah, so seeing, it'll be interesting to see Morris um, and Hebert playing front end because they're both very um, heated, heated men, right? Like, uh, they they definitely got... There'll uh, be some passion on that team. So much passion to the and point that... And some rocks that, kicked you know, away violently when they uh, <laughs> give up big ends, which won't happen very often, but... Some broom smash. Just, uh, yeah, they're very, uh, yeah, heated, heated men. And uh, I, I remember that Kevin Martin team breakup didn't go super smoothly as well. But it's hard to argue with bringing in a guy like John Morris. The track record oh, is amazing. pretty good. And I feel like when he's 80, somebody might call on him and he'll be a pretty good replacement for whoever you need when he's 80. He's that good. Also, the only curler I've ever seen break a broom over his knee. <laughs> That's true. 
I think he's broken a couple over his name. Probably but one yeah, on curling's, TV. <laughs> curling's one of those sports, though, that, uh, you know, you can get four of the best players in each position and they won't jive well as a team and won't be as successful. Even though you're a great curler and you have uh, the skill set, it does not necessarily mean that the team is going to do well because they got a, a stacked uh, a stacked team. Do you have any predictions as to, you know, if Ooh. any of these teams will make it out of uh, the Canadian Olympic trials? Like, who oh. do you think might be Canada's next representative? That's such a hard question because uh, I think back to the other trials and, well, let's see, Holman won last time for women, Kui won for men. None of those are real surprises. But if you look back to, I want to look back to the one before it. It was Brad Jacobs and Jennifer Jones. And what I remember is Brad Jacobs in the final was playing against Jim Cotter, John Morris, a team that just formed the year of. And uh, for the women's side, Homan was playing against Sherry Madaw. Sherry Madaw came within one game of the Olympics with a, a, I guess, not a throw together team, but not a team that had been at the top of the game for the four year cycle. And so all this planning, all this team realignment means nothing if you don't get into that final game in November. And very often they don't. So so if you look back in history, you know, it's not uncommon to have these random teams make it really far in the trials. Even, you know, Clybrink, when she won, she wasn't like a dominant women's team on the on the circuit. Or like we didn't see her name as often. Same with um, Cheryl Bernard, too. That team just kind of came out of nowhere um but i think it's because for the trials they do a lot some spots for people coming in through the points and you know those teams are probably coming out of provinces that have a lot of competition like for example in ontario there are so many good teams you know home comes out of ontario most of the time but other teams in ontario are very much qualified to play against the other teams that mm-hmm. would be going to the scotties so i think that's why in the trials, it allows for, uh, because it's not province specific, it allows for these other teams that are really good to just come out of nowhere and uh, and you just get on a good hot streak. And, yeah. Uh, there, there it is. So if I had to make a prediction now, hmm, I'm going to say... I think uh, it's hard. For the men's though, there's so many like good teams. Like right now, I think it's definitely going to be up between uh, Jacobs, Gushu, Kui, Botcher maybe. Like between those four? That's true. Don't rule out Botcher. I'll say Brad Gushu um, just because I, be I haven't mentioned his name yet today. Yeah, and he's already an Olympian. And I think that was almost 10 years ago too. Was that it in was, Torino that he won? Yeah, that was 2006. Wow, we're old. 14 years. Wow. Oof. Wow. Can you imagine if he won again? Mm. I think Jacobs too has already been. So I guess it'd be nice to, I like to see different teams go. So if Kui makes it, I think I'd be really happy for, for that team. I think they'll, they'll do well for women's though. I'm not, uh, I'm not too sure. Yeah. It's hard to argue with um, anyone not named Jones or Holman, but you never know. That's one thing I've learned is just never bet in curling because there's so many upsets that happen all the time. Like, would you have bet that uh, the U.S. men's team would have won the Olympics, the gold medal? I never would have predicted. Like, never in a million years. Never. Like, I don't even think they've made the podium in the worlds in the past. I know they had an Olympic medal. I know they had a bronze uh, once. 
but uh, okay. I believe that was it. I do have one notable uh, comeback okay. to mention, um, and this is one of my favorite international curlers, Thomas Ulstrud. He's back? He is back. Oh. Um, he's not, not with his, the full team, um, but he's back with Torger uh, at third. And uh, they got two uh, two younger or just new guys uh, at the front end. So I'm that is the excited. First good, that is the first good piece of news I've heard in 2020. The return of Thomas Oldrude. There is some good in this world. <laughs> it would be better if he, the full team was back because you know how I love Spa. But uh, no, I'm happy to, to see him back on the scene. I feel like he's like he's Mr. Congeniality in the curling world, you know? And the pants. Those pants. I've been missing those pants. He started a whole fashion trend. We should try and get him on for our fashion podcast. Yes. I've met Thomas Elsrud once. It was a really funny experience. A, sh- a story for another day, but... <laughs> yeah, I would love to meet him. I was so jealous when you sent me that picture. I was like, oh my God. Oh, he was cool. As uh, we just discussed, you know, there's a lot of uh, team changes and movement going around. And I guess um, it's not without its uh, fair share of controversies. So I think, I don't, I can't think of a specific team, but whenever they make uh, changes, uh, there's always the topic of residency that comes up Mm. because so for like the Briar or the Scotties, these are provincial you have to win your province in order to go. And before it was all four members of the team had to be residents of that province, right? And before, like, this was quite a few years back. But with so many movements uh, and, you know, players, let's say some players in Alberta want to play with a good team in Ontario, well, you would have to, like, move to Ontario. But that's not always... Uh, possible for everyone so the residency rules have started to like change quite a bit and I know there's been some discussion too of just like abolishing it completely and just have kind of like a free-for-all but uh I kind of I went onto the curling Canada website to actually see what the rules are because I feel like this topic always comes up and no one really knows what the rules are that's right I think I knew at one time but they've since been relaxed Mm -hmm. even more from what I once knew and I know that the home, I think last year, Homan's team, uh, there was some controversy as well, too, because uh, Homan technically doesn't live in Ontario anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think Joanne Courtney is probably still in That's Alberta That's what I was reading well. about when, um, and Sarah Wilkes is still living in Alberta, but she was born in Ontario. So three yeah. of them actually live in Alberta, but because they were all, bo- or two of them were born in Ontario, Emma's still born and I believe still lives there they're good to play out of Ontario, but that's causing a a lot of people in Ontario are not very happy about that. Yeah, people were not happy at the last year's provincials. But uh, let me uh, read you, uh, go through the the list of the the rules. So first, obviously, you need to be a a Canadian citizen uh, and a good member, a good standing in your curling club and part of- Pay your club fees, people. Pay your dues, which I actually have to do. (laughs) Yes, good reminder. You cannot have obviously competed for any other country in the World Curling Federation. Every team is allowed one free agent. And I think this is a new rule. So the free agent can come from any uh, province uh, or any 14 member associations within Canada. So that would be like Joanne Courtney, for example. Uh, Then the other three players need to satisfy one of these couple rules. 
So one, they have to be a bona fide resident of the province. So this would be like Emma Miskew, who's living in in Ottawa. Two, uh, be born in the province or territory in which they intend to represent. Um, note, there are special circumstances here. So in sure. cities like Lloydminster, where the city is split across two provinces, the person has to pick which province they want to like, associate <laughs> with. <laughs> so the you got Lloydminster your choice. Dilemma. The Lloydminster Dilemma. Um, same for in Ontario. So the current Ontario and Northern Ontario border for curling will determine if a player will play out of Northern Ontario or Ontario. Do we have that for Hull Gatineau? Uh, well, Hull, if I know well, Hall, if your residency is Hall or you're born in Hall, you're Quebec. They are two different Ottawa, cities, Ottawa. Ottawa. It's just they're right they there. Are. And also, if you had the choice, you would play out of Quebec for sure. <laughs> for sure. Easy win. Um, however, if you are a Canadian citizen, but you were not born in Canada, you are not eligible for this option. The last option is if you are a full-time student, you can choose to play in the province or territory where you're attending school or where you maintain your main like residence. So even if you're you know from Ottawa studying in Alberta, like Rachel Holman is doing, uh, she can still play for both or one or the other. Um, or you can play in the province you're born or play um, as a free agent. So basically, if you're a student, you have like the most options. <laughs> if you're going to school, so I guess if you want to play for a team that's on the other side of the country, just enroll yourself into school, you're good to go. That was so confusing. It was, was uh, it? <laughs> I don't want to be the guy, the person from Curling Canada that has to actually check this for all the people that sign up teams. It's, yeah. uh, I'm a traditionalist. I like the uh, old province versus province and actually having to live there. I know that um, it's kind of crazy to ask Alberta to go up against another province like, like Quebec, where we are, where there's a lot fewer teams, but it's, I like the tradition of it. I, I know and it that's let loosen up on that but that's what it was like before right just uh, 10 15 years ago everyone was anyone who came out of a province lived in that province and it's only um only recently that there's just so many player movement from province to province mm -hmm. i agree and i i'm not going to make many friends in ontario here but it even though i think according to my vision uh this home and team for example home and team, not rink, should, uh, oh, play out of, <laughs> should play out of Alberta. But let's be honest, Alberta should have their own representative and Homan should be at the Tournament of Hearts. It's going to be weird to have one of them stay home, although I would like the traditional part of that. It's hard because our country's so big and the provinces aren't all equal. Um, you know, just look at the Maritimes in Quebec. Like we can oh. barely fit get four te good teams to... Uh, but it does compete. work the other way because speaking of the Maritimes, I remember watching the Briar this year and looking at the Prince Edward Island team. I said, those guys look familiar. I, I feel like I've played them, but I've never curled on Prince Edward Island. And then they explained it. And three of them, I believe, live in Ottawa and curl in Ottawa. And I'd been to a tournament where one of them was doing the ice, the other was playing. And... Uh, but they were all born on Prince Edward Island, so they got to represent the province. You know, if I were in that situation too and really wanted to go to the Scotties, like I would totally make full use of this rule. Mm -hmm. You know, so it works both ways. <laughs> yeah, it does work both ways. But uh, yeah, I guess only uh, I'm sure you know as time goes on too, like these rules are going to change, and because the sport is just ever 
evolving ever so much. <laughs> All right, Rob. So do you want to quickly go through the list of other uh, team changes? Yeah, because uh, there, there were a lot and we've spent pretty much the whole time talking about just two or three of them. But what else do we have here? We I took a quick look at the list before too. And, and some of the names I don't even I don't even recognize, which is a little bad on my part. But um, let's go so rapid fire. Let's see. All right, rapid fire. So I'm going to name a team change. You tell me what you think. Um, Okay, so here's a new team. Kelsey Rock, Danielle Schmiemann, Dana Ferguson, and Rochelle Brown. Chelsea Carey's old front end. Yeah. Oh, that's one person we didn't talk about is Chelsea Carey. Chelsea Carey has no team, to my knowledge, in all of it. Chelsea Carey has no team. Um, So I saw at the end of last year how her team was disbanding. Um, and I tried to find articles or anywhere mentioning if she's got a new team this year, and I still couldn't find anything. Me neither. The only thing I found is that it said if she wants to pursue the Olympics, she'll have to do it for doubles because she doesn't have a team. But you know what? Let's come back to this because maybe, remember how you were asking who I think is going to win the trials? Maybe she comes out of nowhere with people we don't even know yet and wins it. It would be a very Chelsea Carey thing to do. There is speculation that she might go back to Manitoba, her home province. Mm, Very interesting. So that's one. We also have um, Jason Gunlickson's team made a change. Adam Casey moves up to third to replace Alex Forrest. And in comes Matt Wozniak at second and Connor Negevin at lead. I like Wozniak, although I just I miss the team when he played with BJ and uh, what's his name? The scope? Yeah, with Mike McEwen. Mike McEwen. I like that team. They're so sweet. Okay, cut. (laughs) 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 What? Oh, you're the only person I've ever heard say that about them. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I like their team. I think I really like BJ. I mean, especially when they first came on the scene, I I really liked them. And obviously, like, they kind of went down, like, they kind of went like this and then kind of like, like down. I think for me, it was just because, like, they're the most serious guys ever. They always had this kind of demeanor. And they oh that's true it really like, Wozniak is not like that to me but the rest of them like BJ Mike and Denny are always so monotone. Do you know he yeah, Wozniak dating one of the players, uh, one of the Swiss players? I saw that. Yeah. 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 Anyways, that's my thought on the team change. Yeah, it's good to see uh, Wozniak back. <laughs> yeah. No, I like him. Uh, here's another team change. Uh, Robin Silvernagel, the big name in Saskatchewan yeah. the last couple of years, uh, had Stephanie Lawton. Saskatchewan legend at third who has now moved on well here okay here's the thing with Steph Lawton though she's been around the Saskatchewan circuit for so long and she's had good teams she's just never won she's never made it to that next she's level never, like she just can never like get it get there I mean they they broke through in Saskatchewan with her with Robin Silvernagel but they never got much further I guess so uh Kristen Streifel is the new third I heard uh, though that this team they Silvernagel basically merged her team with the next uh, big team in Saskatchewan. Yeah, Kristen Streifel is very up and coming. Yeah, so power merger. I think so. Um, well, there's this one we already mentioned, Marianne Arsenault in BC. The only oh, thing I, I want to add to that quickly is that I'm very sad that that team is back without Kelly Scott. I can't imagine a team like that without having Kelly Scott. Whenever I hear nine and a half. Nine and a half, Dina. Exactly. I hope she comes back as like an alternate or maybe like a, a coach or moral support. They need to person. have her there in some capacity. I'm sure we haven't seen the end of Kelly Scott yet. And I think we have one more. We have, um, whoops, let's find it here. We've got 
Colton Flash, Catelyn Schneider, Kevin Marsh, Dan Marsh. I have no idea who these people are besides Colton Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Catelyn Schneider, we've seen a, a few times. He's uh, he's always he's on whatever team comes out of Saskatchewan most of the was time. Was he on the Dunstones team? Oh, yes. That that came oh, out and that's one year? other new team: Matt Dunstone, Braden Muscawi, Kirk Myers coming into that, and oh. Dustin Kidby. Yeah, Kirk Myers. He was skipping his. He was skipping his own team. team. Yeah, um, he I had. That may yeah. be a, a a team to watch. I think on paper that's the team to beat in Saskatchewan, for sure. It's yeah. funny for a province that uh, is pretty big on curling. Like I am surprised that they're not like at Alberta's level. Yeah, I've looked it up. They haven't won a briar in forty years. Forty years. Forty year drought. Oh my god! When so was if the you're in Lloyd Minter, uh, you're going to play out of Saskatchewan. Well, when was the last time they won the Great Cup? Oh, <laughs> low blow. <laughs> At a moment where they forgot how to count to 13. They they have won since then, I think. I don't okay. remember when. Maybe like six, seven years ago, something like that. Okay, but, so. Are they yeah, due that, for another Briar win? They are. And good, I think, thing, good thing there's only four people on a curling team, and I'm pretty sure they can count to that. So. <laughs> <laughs> if, no, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, there's this infamous... Great Cup game where the Montreal Just the Alouettes, championship of Canadian football for our international listeners. You know, almost as big as the Super Bowl. In Canada, at least. And uh, yeah, the Rough Riders were on their way of winning that cup. And, and uh, then great. they got busted. Montreal had a field goal for the win, which they missed. And so Saskatchewan thought they had won. But you know, too many men on the field. And so they had to, uh, Montreal got to kick that football again. And they won. And they won. And then the next year when they played each other again, the exact same thing happened to end the game. Saskatchewan had won and they took another too many men on the field penalty. It was hilarious. I think they need to revamp their math program. (laughs) So before we get in too much trouble, um, yeah, that's uh, all the team changes or all the ones that we kept track of. I'm sure there were many more. For sure. And, you know, it'll be really interesting Interesting to see if there are any new teams that uh, make it onto the scene. Yeah, we'll uh, have to wait and see if there actually is any curling to see where they go. There have been some smaller tournaments that have been happening. Like all the slams so far have been cancelled. Um, and we'll see if any of like the world, the Europeans will play. Briar, Scotties, you know what's going to happen this year. We'll just have to wait and see. And hey, before we go, um, the biggest team change of all, we, we didn't talk about Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski going to Tampa Bay. Rob, this is going to have to be a whole separate episode. <laughs> this is going to be our off-season rogue episode. I am still not happy of that move. I think both of them should have stayed in retirement. And I think, yeah, I'm happy that Edelman is still with the Patriots. If he had made the move, I would have, uh, I don't know what I've done. Yeah. Stay tuned for our football episode. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, bye. See you later.